Welcome to another edition of the DS Walk Show, ladies and gentlemen. And I'm your host, DS Walk. And thank you for tuning in and listening to my show. I deeply, deeply appreciate you. But today is one of those days where it's kind of it's a humble day. Not just for me, but it's a humble day in the sports world. Because today we lost two legendary men. Two men who changed the way. Changed two men who changed the game in their profession. Today we lost one of the greatest running backs of all time. Probably the greatest running back in Chicago Bear history. He was elusive, he was electrifying, he was exciting. And his career was cut short due to knee injuries. I am talking about the legendary, the Kansas Comet, Gail Sayers, who passed away early this morning at the age of 77 after living with Demetra. Excuse me, Demetra. Dementa, excuse me. And Gail Sayers was a living legend. He was beloved all around the NFL from current players, former players, fans of the Chicago Bears. You could basically say that Gail Sayers was Barry Sanders before Barry Sanders became one of the greatest running backs of all time. It was just like Barry Sanders. It was a crime, a criminal, that his career was cut short due to injuries. Unlike Barry Sanders, he Barry Sanders retired after 10 years. In a statement today for the NFL and for Chicago Bears, and I'm going to read this. I'm going to read this with a with a heavy heart, so bear with me here. So, for all those who love the game of football more than the loss of one of the greatest who ever played the game with the passing of Chicago legend Gail Sayers, Hall of Famer, President, and CEO David Baker said in a statement, and Gail Sayers was the youngest man to ever be inducted into the Hall of Fame. He was very essential of a team player, quiet, unassuming, always ready to compliment a teammate for a key block. Gail was an extraordinary man who overcame a great deal of adversity during his NFL career and life. Now the statement here from Roger Goodell, and it goes, and he says, the, the NFL family lost a true friend today the passing of Gail Sayers. Gail was one of the first men in NFL history and one of the game's most exciting players. Well, he meant to say he was one of the finest men in NFL history, and he is right about that. Gail Sayers was an electrifying, elusive runner who thrilled fans every time he touched the ball. He earned his place as the first Battle Hall of Famer. He will always forever remember Gail for his inspiration and kindness Gail's quiet, assuming demeanor 
believe in his determination and competitiveness and compassion. In a statement from the Bears chairman, George McCaskey noted, there was more to Sarah's legacy than playing football. Football fans know well Gale's many accomplishments on the field, a rare combination of speed and power as the game's most electrifying runner, a dangerous kick returner. His comeback from a serious knee injury led to the league led the league in rushing and become the youngest player inducted into the Hall of Fame. People who weren't even football fans came to know Gale through the TV movie Brian's song about his friendship with teammate uh, Brian Pic- Piccolo. 50 years later, the movie Message, the brotherhood and love need- needed defined by skin color still resonates, Ms. Kasky said in a statement. Gale said was a five-time Pro Bowl. He averaged fat five yards per carry for his career and twice led the league in rushing, including in 1969 with over 1,032 rushing yards and have torn the ACL and the MCL in his right knee late in that previous season. A major injury to his left knee in 1970 was too much for him to overcome and he retired in 1971. His career numbers of 4,956 yards, 39 touchdowns on the ground, came primary over five seasons. He played sparely in 70 and 71. As a returner, Sayers was also devastated, scoring six touchdowns and averaging more than 30 yards per kickoff return with two touchdowns and 14.5 yards per, per punt return. Legendary Bears coach George Hollis, as he presented Sayers for his Hall of Fame induction, said, if you want to see perfection as a running back, you best hold on to a film of Gale Sayers. He was poetry in motion. His like would never be seen again. Gale Sayers was born and raised in Wichita, Kansas, and was an All-American at University of Kansas. He was the first round pick of the Chicago Bears in 1965, and once scored six touchdowns in the game. Gail Sayers died today at the age of 77. And as I read those comments, those quotes from Roger Goodell, George Mikowski, George Hollis, and Mr. Baker, it goes to show you how much love that Gail Sayers, how much love they have for him and how much they deeply admire him, and how, how much they look up to him, and how much respect that he has throughout the NFL, throughout the country. Now, I wasn't around back then when Gail Sayers played. God knows I wish I was because just looking at the film and hearing all these, how everyone talk about him, it kind of made me feel like I missed out on someone very special. I know my grandfather watched them, my dad watched them, my uncles, my aunts. And they all compare Barry Sanders to Gail Sayers. But they all say, you know, Gail Sayers is a better running back. And, you know, the, his style of running, his elusiveness, his power. 
you know, I wonder, you know, if you're a Bears fan or you live in the city of Chicago, I kind of wonder who you guys feel who's the best running back in Chicago Bay history. Gail Sayers or Watcher Payton? But to me, you know, just hearing all this beautiful stuff about Gail Sayers, to me, I just think he's he's more respected as a man and as a human being and as a black man more than, he, more than he is as a player. And to me, that's the biggest honor, the biggest accomplishment you could ever have in life because a lot of us just see athletes, just form athletes, just athletes. We don't know who they are outside the football field. But Gail Sayers, I can honestly hear, honestly, I can tell you right here, right now that as a man, well-respected. And as a man, he is very, very loved in the NFL community and outside the NFL community. And I do believe that the legacy that he's leaving behind is going to be hard to feel. But I also believe the legacy he left behind, man, is is, is very beautiful. And I and deep down in my heart, I truly believe with that statement, you will never find another man like Gail Sayers. It's, it's sad that, you know, he passed away of dementia, dementia, but, you know, you can, he, you can look back over his life, look at back everything he had overcome. He overcame more than just these surgeries, okay? I mean, we talking about back in, the, in this 50s and the 60s and 70s, you know, yeah, he had to deal with racial profiling. He had to deal with racist people. He had to deal with a lot. A lot more than a lot of us had to deal with today. But he was able to overcome all those. And knowing that, he stayed true to himself and true to his form. He was quiet and he was kind. He wasn't out here causing problems. He wasn't a hooligan. He wasn't a thug. Gail Sayers was a good example of how a man is supposed to act and supposed to be. Gail Sayers passed away at the age of 77 today and he would truly would be missed. Joe Laronitis who to most of us in the wrestling community known as Road Warrior Animal. And to some in the NFL community, we know that his son played, was the, excuse me, was the middle linebacker of the Los Angeles Rams. Well, at that time, the St. Louis Rams, he retired. Joe Laronitis, Road Warrior Hall, passed away today at the age of 60. The cause of his death has not been disclosed. Larry Knight was part of one of the greatest tag team of all time, the Road Warriors, with his fellow best friend, the late Mike Hinkstrand, to all of us known as Road Warrior Hawk. In the WWE, they performed under the name of Legion, Legion of Doom. But to most of us, it was just the Road Warriors. 
And if you remember watching the Road Warriors, you would know they're one of the most dominant tag teams ever. And we all remember the epic battle with the Steiner brothers. We know we've seen our good match. We remember the face paint with the shoulder spiked shoulder pads coming down, intimidating you. Man, you know, it, 2020, I tell you, man, 2020 is a year where a lot of the great ones that we have seen are leaving us. Just like Gail said, ladies and gentlemen, Royal Warrior Hall left a very, very special, very special. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, I'm getting a little choked up here. I said special twice. He left one hell of a mark in professional, in the world of professional wrestling, not just in the WWE, not just in WCW, everywhere in professional wrestling. Everywhere you go, you see a tag team that has something that they have taken, that have taken, excuse me, in tag team wrestling, you have seen some of these tag teams right now may have stolen or borrowed a move from the Road Warriors. You have seen some of these wrestlers today have that same attitude that the Road Warriors had back when they were wrestling. Those that confidence, that intimidation. Take no prisoner attitude, kicking your ass in the ring and ask questions later. The Road Warriors were one of the most successful tag teams in all professional wrestling. In my opinion, they will always be the best tag team in professional wrestling. Now the Road Warriors are now the best tag team in heaven. Joseph Laronidas was a man of man of my men. Man, you got the whole wrestling world tweeting and sharing their memory of Road Warrior Animal. For example, Hulk Hogan tweeted tweeted his condolences saying, Rip Animal, love you, my brother. I know you and Hulk have a lot of unfinished business to take care of. Godspeed and blessings to your beautiful family. And I'm going to read a little something here about the Road Warriors. A little something, you know, that was written about them. They were known for their rough and tough, take no prisoner persona. As well as their faint, as well their face paint and spikes, Laronidas and Hagstrand were dominant, particularly in the 80s, becoming tag team champions in the AWA, NWA, WCW, and WWE. The Road Warriors were a popular team both statewide and in Japan, where they're often feature attractions. Laronidas' son James, Laronidas, who's a former linebacker who used to be the St. Louis Rams, now 
the Los Angeles Rams. He played eight seasons as a linebacker in the NFL. Man, this is this is heartbreaking, man. I can tell you that right now. Joe Laranitis had a wrestling career that spanned decades. We talking about late 70s, 80s, 90s. Him and Hawk ruled the tag team division of the of wrestling. And we gotta hear a tweet from Ric Flair. I want to read. I am more. I'm more than saddened to hear the loss of my good friend and great opponent Joe Laraninus of the legendary Road Warriors. They were iconic. The Road Warriors and the Four Horsemen drew more money, and had more fun, and entertained fans worldwide at the highest level. Bully Ray, former wrestler, former tag team of the Dudley Boys. I often been asked, who is the greatest tag team of all time? The answers have always been the same. The Road Warriors. Rest in power, brother. My sincere condolences to the family, friends, and fans of animal around the world. The Iron Sheep. My Road Warrior animal brother. You were most over tag team ever. We had the best times in the Minnesota forever. I love you. Rip. Bubba. And current superstars today, Dax of uh, AEW, part of Tag Team FTR. Without you, the role would never, never been paid. Rip Animal, oh, what a rush! I love that saying. Famous retired wrestler Hurricane Helms, rip to the legendary Animal. I don't have the proper words right now, but thank you for goofing off with me at cons. Thanks for all the years of entertainment and thanks letting the fans become a friend. Former wrestler Taz, just found out that Road War M had left us. Very sad to hear this. Always such a nice guy whenever I would see him. So I have a Tasmanian Devil tattoo on my right arm. He was my inspiration to get that before I started wrestling. Training. Rip. Virgil, former wrestler. My mind is blown. One of the greatest dudes ever, Road Warrior Animal, kicking ass in heaven with Hawk. Ted DiBiase, a former wrestler and friend. I'm totally shocked to hear my friend and brother in Christ, Road Warrior Animal, has passed away. My thoughts and prayers, as well as my heart, goes out to the family. Rip my friend. And then we got this little statement from his son, James Laraninus, who said, I didn't exactly follow his my father's footsteps, which would have led him between the ropes and into the world of professional wrestling. But he said he learned his work ethic and toughness from his famous dad, Joe Laraninus, otherwise known as Animal, from the pro wrestling tag team role warriors Legion of Doom. He was my little league ball coach all the way up to high school, said Larry Knight, who grew up in Minnesota. Really, what my dad showed me the most was just about work ethic. I saw, I saw, I saw 
how hard my dad worked in the weight room. I saw toughness. I saw him work out and perform in his industry through injuries and stuff. Unless something really couldn't be worked around, he'd be out there wrestling and doing everything that he would have to do. So that, what he really taught me on the days that you don't feel good, you gotta go work out. You gotta get at it. Today, the state of Illinois, the city of Chicago had lost two legendary men. The Midwest had lost two extraordinary men today who left nothing but good and honest impact who were extraordinary men inside the ring and outside the ring. Their legacy will never be forgotten. Their legacy will always live on. And we will always cherish the memories of Gail Sayers and Joe Sub-Laronitis. I remember growing up watching the Road Warriors because they were my favorite tag team. And I got the honor to see them wrestle in person a long, long time ago. And it was one of the best moments in my life. No, it's it's kind of sad and hard that to see one of your favorite wrestlers or your favorite basketball player, your favorite football player pass away because it makes you feel like you're part of the family. You know, when Kobe Bryant died back in January, I was devastated. I mean, I cried for two weeks and I'm still not over that. Now today with Gil Sayers and uh, Joe Laronitis, it just, it, it, it hits hard. But the one thing I can take from it is, man, you know, I'ma love all the memories. I'ma love watching them on ESPN Classic because it it makes it makes them that much special to see Gail Sayers run the football again or see the Rowers wrestle in the tag team match again. I'm gonna cherish all those memories. Even though I had never seen Gail Sayers play football before, I can always pull them up on YouTube and watch them play. Or if I or I can just go ahead and watch Barry Sanders how he play. Because to a lot of us, he reminds us of Gail Sayers. But I'm gonna cherish all those memories. I know both guys are up there in heaven with the Lord and living it up. God bless their souls. Rest in peace. Two good men. Now I'm gonna finish up this show. The last eight minutes here we had left with you. Um, you know, if you watched Game Three yesterday of the Lakers and the Clippers, excuse me, <laughs> I said the Clippers. You know. I had said that yesterday when I was watching the game. 
But I meant to say the Denver Nuggets. I was hoping it would be the Clippers, but I got the Denver Nuggets. It, it's fine because the Denver Nuggets are actually playing some pretty good basketball in the bowl. In fact, you can make the case right now that they should be up two games to one against the Lakers because yesterday they beat the Lakers 114-106. They were up as many as 20 points. And I'm going to say this. The Denver bench came to play. They came to play. So when I see Monte Morris with 14 points, Michael Porter Jr. with nine, they came to play. And then the role players, the, the unsung guys you never thought, you know, would decide the outcome of this game. Jeremy Grant, 26. Gary Harris had seven, but he played some good D yesterday. Paul Millsap, he had six points, but you know what? He played some hell of a D, and he was on those boards. And then you got Joker and Murray pacing the team with combined 50 points. The Denver Nuggets played like a team that wanted to win this game. They played like a team who they feel they should win this series. And I'm going to keep this short and sweet. Because I have said this before, and I'm going to say it again. I don't care how many points LeBron James score. I know he's going to bring his game. I don't care what Danny Green does, or KCP, or um, Marcus Morris, Kuzma, Dwight Howard, Rondo, Caruso. If those guys, JaVel McGee, if those guys got good games, that's a bonus. I'm not I'm I don't care what they do because I know they're gonna they're they're gonna do their best. All right. The Lakers don't have the best lineup in the world and they don't have the best team in the world, but their role players, they're gonna give you all they have. But all that doesn't matter. If Anthony Davis doesn't play like the best player on the team, if he doesn't play like he was the best players in NBA, the Lakers are not going to win. And it showed last night. He had 27 points. Okay, that's cool. And he was a plus four. And he only had two rebounds. He had no shots. And he only had one assist. So if Anthony Davis don't come out here, and if he doesn't give give it all. The Lakers are not going to win. 27 points and two rebounds, one assist, no block shot, a plus four. That's not good enough. Anthony Davis, I come out here and dominate the game. I don't care if he's guarding Joker. I don't care if he's guarding Millsap. I don't care if he's guarding Murray. I don't care if he's guarding Grant. I don't care. I don't care if he's guarding Michael Porter Jr. I really don't care. Anthony Davis is the best player on that court. Anthony Davis is one of the top players in the NBA. And when he's on, he is the best player in the NBA. And he cannot have a 27 points and two rebounds, a plus four, and no block shot game. Because the Lakers not going to win. 
LeBron James, you know, he can score 30 or 40 points. If Anthony Davis don't dominate, the Lakers are not going to win. That's just the bottom line with that. That's just the bottom line. He has to come out here and establish himself like he did in game two. Like he did in game one to a certain degree. He has to come out here and he has to be the best player on the court. It got to be more than just thinking you're the best player on the court. You got to play like you're the best player on the court. Nobody on Denver can guard Anthony Davis. Nobody. And Anthony Davis need to come out in game four and play like he's the best man on the court. Don't think it. Show it. He has to show it every game. If the Lakers don't win the championship, he has to be the best player. And all due respect to LeBron James and all LeBron James fans, LeBron James is not better than Anthony Davis. All right? LeBron James in year 17 right now, he's playing some one hell of a good basketball. And yes, by definition, yes, he is the best player in the world. But make no mistake about it. Andy Davis is the best player in the Los Angeles Lakers. Andy Davis is probably a, is one or two or three top players, not only in the world, but in the NBA. And if the Lakers won't win a championship or get past Denver, Andy Davis will have to show that every game for here on out. Period. This has been the DS Watch Show. Thank you for listening. Tune in to the Boston Celtics Miami Heat tonight. And I'm out. Talk to you guys later. Peace.